Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new unsettling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. I have this rather discomforting suspicion, but I'm coming here to ask what you all think. Lately, I've been noticing something off about my home. Like, there's something else there with me, my wife, and our two dogs. But I haven't been able to put my finger on it up until today. For some context, I live in a duplex. We share the property with another guy in his mid-twenties. He has his own house, and we have ours, but we share the laundry room that leads to our respective backyards that are separated by a fence. This whole situation began around two months ago, when the neighbor sent me a text. Hey man, just a heads up, someone stole my bike out of the sunroom. This is rather creepy for me, because to get to our sunroom slash laundry room, you would need to hop the brick fence surrounded by shrubby trees, and then hurl the bike over. Unless the thief had the most massive pair of balls ever, and walked it out through one of our front doors when we weren't home. Either way, I didn't feel right, and I've made more of an effort to keep the doors locked. Fast forward to a couple of weeks ago. I let my dogs out into the yard, and one of them starts sniffing at the shed. No big deal. The lizards are coming out with it heating up, our dogs probably just chased one under the door. I finally got them to relent and come back inside, and didn't give it much thought afterwards. I hardly ever go into that shed. Nothing's wrong with it. It's just kind of out of the way, and I'm not really a hang-out-in-the-shed type of guy. So we generally use it for storage. Suitcases, furniture that doesn't match the house, camping stuff. You know, boring suburban shit. We probably enter it maybe two or three times a year. After the 18th day in a row of my dogs being curious about the shed, I decided to have a little look-see to investigate if it was maybe a lizard or if another animal had crawled its way in there, since the dogs wouldn't let this thing go. Nope, no other animal, but what I did find made me piss my pants just a little bit. Literally, a few drops. Inside the shed was my neighbor's stolen bike. My first thought was, oh fuck, my wife is a klepto. But I quickly ruled that out. She doesn't even like to bike. Then I was briefly worried that my neighbor might think that I was the thief. I mean, the bike's in my shed. I don't know how to explain that if he were to find out. Plus, I wanted to give him his bike back. I kept looking around the shed and I found one of our sleeping bags unraveled, but balled up behind a box. Inside the sleeping bag was a sack of what looked to be around $20 in loose change and single dollar bills. There was also a large bag for garbage, and there was a lot of food wrappers inside. Eventually, my brain accepted what it was ultimately denying at first, and began to put two and two together. Someone, I don't know who, is living in my shed. Or at least was. Maybe my dog spooked them off. Or maybe they sleep there every night and leave during the day 
If they weren't coming back, why would they leave the change? I left everything how I found it, and I'm thinking about what I should do next. Whoever did it must have gotten in through the spare set of keys that I keep hidden in my backyard. I locked up the shed, brought the spare keys inside with me. Hopefully, whoever it is gets the message and moves on. I'm going to install cameras tomorrow. I'll keep you guys updated if anything more happens. But please hope for the best, and that this person isn't a lunatic. Update. So, this didn't take long. After getting and installing the surveillance cameras around the backyard, I get a notification on my phone that there was movement detected at around 1am this evening. The notification woke me up from a dead sleep, and while initially I had the thought that it was a raccoon or something else setting it off, I remembered the predicament and grabbed my phone to watch the feed. We don't have lights in the backyard, and the night vision on the cameras, they're a bit iffy at best. But I clearly saw the shape of a man standing at the shed. A rather large man if my perspective reflected it properly. The guy looked like he had a burly jacket of some sort on, and a hunter's hat maybe. I couldn't make out any other details from that angle though. Rewinding the feed just a little bit, I saw him slink over the brick fence that separates our property from the lot next door, before sidling up to the shed. When he realized that the shed was locked, he gave the door several strong pulls before resigning to the fact that he wasn't going to get in. It looked like he pondered the option of breaking the small window to get inside. I'm basing this on the fact that he stared at it for quite some time, but opted not to break it ultimately. I'm guessing he wouldn't have fit through it anyway. After he was done surveying the shed for a minute or two, it seemed like he was ready to give up. But instead of immediately hopping the fence again and retreating in defeat, he walked in the direction of our back door, standing right in line with our new security camera. Not sure if he just noticed it then or what, but he strode up to it, planting himself firmly within the frame. When he looked up, I got a look at his face. A little worn, likely in his 40s or 50s, bit of a beard. At first, he had this blank stare on his face as he examined the camera. That stare yielded to what I can only think was a smirk, before he lifted a single hand and raised his middle finger into the shot. A little introspection here. I know he was flipping the camera off, but the way he smiled as he did it it was like he knew I was on the other side of the lens at that very moment. And just as quick as he offered this salute, he was back to the fence where I saw his silhouette disappear over the bricks. And then he was gone. I don't know who it was, where he came from, or how my shed came to be as hostile. But now that he knows there's no more vacancy at the inn, I hope he doesn't come back. I thought about waking my wife or calling the cops, but... I decided against both. I didn't want to worry my wife in the middle of the night, and I didn't think the cops would be able to do anything now that he's gone. I'll make a report in the morning, likely when I'll fill my wife in on what happened. I'm not sure what will come of this, but I figure I'll at least go through all the motions. This is a story that I've been aching to get off my chest. And I think that this is somewhere to post it under some anonymity. To start, I'm a teenage female, 
I had my own apartment for the first time, having recently moved to a new city to study. I quickly made friends with a group of fun but somewhat troubled teenagers that spent their days loitering at a local coffee shop. One girl I met in particular is who this story is about. I instantly felt a strong sense of caring about her. She's sweet, bubbly, and the moment I met her remains one of my favorite and most clear memories of her. This girl tells me of a man named Mike, who is like a father to her, which were her words. He wanted to adopt her. Let's note, this girl doesn't have an ideal family. Her real father is in jail, and she has very low self-esteem, as he just doesn't give her the care that she deserves. I soon met this guy that she spoke of, and right away, I thought Mike was great. I was being rather naive myself. He was a scary-looking biker in his 50s, had some awesome tattoos, told stories of great experiences, travel, and seemed quite educated. I thought I was so mature and didn't think it was odd that we quickly became good friends ourselves. As the girl previously mentioned, she felt safe with him, and we both cared for her. We would drive around, talk about everything. I went to Mike crying, and he made me feel better within a few hours when the boy that I was dating cheated on me and then dumped me. I felt powerful having a friend like Mike. His favorite subject, though, was the girl. He had met her a couple years prior by chance at the coffee shop. She was apparently the spinning image of his eldest daughter when she was that age. He told me that two years prior, his oldest daughter of three had unalived herself, and this girl had filled a void. I felt for him and thought that I understood. A few months pass, and the girl is staying with him. She's soon to be the legal adoption age, when she can choose to be adopted by him, and he is getting more and more excited by the prospect. Alongside her, I'm the person who is closest to him. We spend time talking on the phone, visiting, I sleep over at his house, I hang out with the girl, and I'm teaching her how to drive. Mike was like a father to me in this new town. He watched out for me. He told me that I'm important to him just like the girl is. He would do anything for me. Some of the things he does for me includes letting me leave a project car in his yard, buying parts for it, and helping me work on it, while also aggressively confronting a boy who took advantage of me while I was intoxicated. Now I'm sorry for the huge setup, but it needs to be understood that I trust and look up to Mike with everything I have. Six months after meeting him, this girl turns of age to be adopted. I'm now staying in a nearby town, not seeing them as much, but still visiting on weekends. I get a call, and he is thrilled to tell me that she is asked to be adopted by him, and he wants to have a big party in celebration. I'm excited and congratulate him. The last time I saw the girl was a few days before this, and just as our first meeting is vivid in my memory, so is our last goodbye. A few days later, I hear she's been reported missing, and Mike is now gone, ignoring my texts, and eventually deleting all his social media accounts. Everyone is in a panic. This girl is adored by just about everyone, and is as innocent as they come. This is the start of two months of major anxiety, guilt, and hurt that Mike had left me with. I thought he was there for me. 
For some reason, I still don't think he would do anything to hurt her. He loved and protected her. Until a couple of weeks later on Facebook, I see a comment on one of the articles. The police are now searching for Mike, wanting to question him, although he's not stated to be a suspect. A girl has commented, I'm Mike's daughter. Can someone please get me in touch with the family immediately? He is dangerous. I do not believe she is safe if she is with him. I message this girl right away, give her the girl's grandmother's number, and ask her what she means by, he's dangerous. As we talk, I learn about a few things. He never had three daughters, only two. The one that I'm talking to is the oldest. When she was a child, he abused her. And the girl who I care about so much is a spitting image of his real daughter when she was a teenager. They had had a falling out two years prior, which was the time that his supposed eldest daughter had ended it all. I also learned that the girl certainly had not wanted to be adopted. She had thought this was too much. However, it's obvious that she was being groomed and enjoyed the gifts and attention. Someone who would give her whatever she wanted. A father figure, while hers wasn't around. I suddenly am thinking about all the present red flags, wondering how could I have been so stupid? He had talked about his time in the Hell's Angels. He had put a man in the hospital shortly before I met him, after a bar argument. He spent his days hanging around this coffee shop with teenagers. Now, I have experiences with creepy and dangerous men of all ages. He totally had me fooled. I think of the times he told me that he cared about me, as he did her. The times he picked me up drunk from parties, drank at my house, the times I slept at his. Never once did he do or say anything inappropriate, but he had always been overly protective. The police and news reporters are calling me almost daily at this point, asking me all that I know about him, asking for all the little intricate details. I ignore the reporters, fearing that he'll see me on TV. He's eventually found, questioned, and released. Not a suspect. He then disappears again, and I haven't spoken to him since. Two months after this lovely girl goes missing, her body is found. It's deemed a homicide. There are no leads and no other info released by the police. Like I said, I haven't heard from Mike. There have been many crazy theories since then, and lots of speculation. I don't want to believe he did it, and he's not been arrested or made a suspect. But everyone thinks that he is very likely to have done it. He lied about so many things. I learned the truth from his real daughter, and can't possibly include it all here. I wonder where he is. I wonder if one day I'll be minding my business, and he'll suddenly appear. Something in me still doesn't believe he could hurt me, but something else wonders, could it have been my body they found? The worst part is the tremendous guilt that I feel. I was with him all the time. I spent time with these two. Why didn't I intervene? I'm so sorry. So, old man, Mike, let's not meet again, although I do miss you. Talk about internal conflict.
Update. It's been three long years since I originally shared this, and I really didn't know if I'd ever be able to make this update. But for those who have heard my story, Mike, which isn't his real name, has been charged with first-degree murder for killing my friend Michaela. I'd like to thank everyone for the support that I've received between originally sharing this story and now, as well as for all the thoughts of hope for my friend. I hope that this update finds some of the people that remember my original story. I follow a lot of true crime and love seeing when justice is served. I had always hoped that my friend would get the justice she deserves for the heinous way that her life came to an end. I'm glad to say that we're well on our way to seeing that very day. I'm not sure if I'm in the right place, but I've held this story in for the last six years because it sounds crazy, and I've been told that it's probably best not to even talk about it. I went camping six years ago with a now ex-boyfriend of mine. The campsite we picked was beautiful. We were able to drive in through some rough trails. The spot we picked was next to some hiking trails that weren't very far from some natural hot springs and a gigantic waterfall. We were in the middle of nowhere, absolutely no other person around us. We set up camp next to the car, went hiking, soaked in the hot springs, came back and had dinner. It was all very normal, very enjoyable, until we woke up the next day. I need to give some context as to how we slept that night so you can understand my confusion. Before we went to sleep, I put our food cooler and a stereo that we brought back in the car and locked it. I put the keys in the front pocket of my backpack and put the backpack next to my sleeping bag on the far side of the tent, furthest away from the door. My boyfriend at the time slept nearest the door of the tent with his gun tucked snugly next to him. We woke up the next morning and I felt fine. I had slept hard, and from inside the tent, everything seemed normal. When we got out though, our campsite was absolute chaos. The fire pit we had made was ruined. The cooler of food had been thrown and food was scattered all over the place. The stereo was smashed to pieces, lying next to a tree. All of the car doors were open including the trunk. We stood there for a moment, in complete silence, just taking in the entire scene. The woods felt off now. It was quiet, and not the beautiful campsite that I remember from the day before. Everything about those woods felt wrong now. My ex accused me of not locking the car the night before, and then an animal got in our stuff. But I didn't believe that for a moment. There were no tracks of animals, no scratches or claw marks on the car or any of the things that were smashed around the campsite. I swore up and down that I had locked the car and went into the tent to grab the keys from my backpack, but they weren't there. We found them later on the ground right next to the car. We quickly threw everything in the trunk and left. My boyfriend was quiet for most of the ride and wouldn't talk to me about what had just happened. But when he finally spoke up, we were almost home. And that's when he told me that he had had a dream the night before about someone 
or something kneeling over him in the tent, holding his gun and just staring at him. When I tried to ask him more questions, he got more quiet than ever and said that he didn't want to talk about it and that I shouldn't talk about it anymore either. I've tried to forget about it, but I just can't. Something really wrong happened to us out in the woods that night. And for the life of me, I can't figure out what it was. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.